Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good Saturday morning. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Coffee in hand. Welcome aboard. Good to have you aboard as we lead you up to 9 o'clock. Hand things off to the official pregame show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. 11 o'clock kickoff between LSU and the Florida Gators. A big rivalry game today in Baton Rouge in Death Valley. You remember last year, LSU went to the swamp, upset Florida. Florida looking for a little revenge. The Tigers sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Held a parent, a uh, parents, excuse me, a uh, players only meeting this week. Still have some fight in them, they say. So we'll see with three and three LSU taking on Florida today in Death Valley. And Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504 260 1870. We're going to see a lot over the next six games as to how much fight LSU truly has. And it's a six-game schedule that doesn't look like there's a lot of wins in the back half of the season. Can they pull off an upset today? If they do, that would be monumental for an LSU team that looks like they could finish below 500 this season. Herb Tyler uh, alongside. And, Herb, you know me, man. I'm always in the uh, the depths of despair with this football <laughs> team. And uh, I don't see a lot of wins in the back end of this season. Tell me where they are going to get wins. Well, you know, good morning, K-Dog, first and foremost, my brother. Um, You know, there was a group called Sounds of Blackness, and they had a great song produced um, uh, by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis called Optimistic. And you know that's who I am. Let me say that. So um, go check that out when you get a chance. Um, So the only game I see right now that should be a surefire win would be the Monroe game, right, Louisiana Monroe. The other, you know, I think Arkansas has a great team. I think, you know, that could be a game we could maybe steal. But the jury's still out on Texas A&M. Okay, yeah, they beat Alabama last week, but, I mean, that you know, they're up and down. So, you know, you just never know. So, I think it all starts today at 11 a.m. against Florida. Um, if if they can come together, if that player, player's only meeting actually brought out a little bit of – a little bit more competitive spirit a um, little bit more attention to detail um, and, and just kind of that fight, like we said uh, last week, their backs against the wall. And let's see what happens, you know, but it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really difficult. It's almost like the the first, um, the, the starters uh, on defense is just nobody's there. You know, it's like we're playing with reserves everywhere. And that's going to be really, really tough to, to kind of to make a switch in the middle of the season and go from all starters to reserves. It's, it's, I mean, there's so many guys that are out today. It's, it's unbelievable. 
Um, and you know, if you look at that Ole Miss game, I, I just don't see that there's any way we beat Ole Miss. I just think they're too good offensively. Um, they'll give you points, um, but they're gonna they're gonna score sixty all day long, and I just don't think we can hang with them uh, as far as go touchdown for touchdown against those guys. Herb, you mentioned a couple of things: stealing victories, right? Players only meetings. LSU shouldn't be in a position to have to steal anything. You know, the program in in and of, in and of itself shouldn't have to steal anything. That that just goes to show you where this program is at currently when you're talking about stealing victories and then players-only meetings. I'm not saying they don't work, Herb, but every team I've ever covered, whenever you talk about player-only meetings, it's a team that's desperate and trying to figure things out and not sure of the answers. That's how I view it. You've you've played. Have you been a part of player-only meetings where positivity have come out of it? Actually, I have, but it's for a different reason. Let's say that. Um, you're right, though. If the players only meeting is needed, then that means it, it, the way that everybody in the program is looking at it is that something's going on with the players, right? Um, not so much uh, uh, that the coaches are not doing something that's very, very important or whatever it may be. It's what are we doing, guys? Why aren't we doing this? What can we do to make it better? You know, it, it, it's different. You know, it's it's different if the guys are hustling and they're constantly trying to do everything they can. And I'm not saying they're not, but the players only mean it's for the players only, and it, and it means exactly what that is. And so, guys, we have to do something. When you get to that point, that means you're you're at like you said, you're at the depths of despair, and you're trying to bring yourself from the bottom and go to the top or, or claw your way up further, you know, along to become a better team. And, and look, you know, right now LSU is not, they're not looking good right now. Um, we, the guys do play with a lot of effort. They play with You're a lot of, kindly. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, you know, I, I mean, I just said, you know, it's, it's not good. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> Right now we're last in the SEC West standings. I mean, it's just not it's not good at all. Two years ago we won a championship. Last year we were right in the middle, and here we are last. So I mean, I guess the progression, negative progression, is there, right? Um, so you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's one of those things where right now what I see is at some point, um, you know, it, it <laughs> the rubber's gonna gonna meet the road, as they say. So you know, I'm always for optimistic. Uh, and optimism, shall I say, and I'm going to continue to support and, and, and bleed purple and gold, but I have to call it like it is. It's not a good situation right now. Um, we need to focus on coming together, and I think that's what that players meeting, uh, players only meeting was about, trying to take some stuff off the coach's back and try to just, like I said, just will some wins, right? This and it starts today. It it really starts today at 11 a.m., which is a very tough, tough kickoff for LSU. We don't play well at 11 a.m. ever, and um, so not only do we have the, I guess the, the 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 past history of this, the last three or four game, five games, but we're here at 11 a.m. That's another obstacle um, with tons of tons of players that are not playing that normally would play and 
no confidence, it seems like. It seems like no confidence. The only thing that I gathered from last weekend, or I gathered two things from last weekend's loss to Kentucky, that how could Kentucky's run game creep up on us like they did per huh. Coach O, right, huh. per Coach O. Um, and then the other thing was I really liked the way that Ty Davis-Price in the offensive line tried to at least show some sort of running identity. And and he had a, he had his best game yet, I think, as a Tiger totally, especially this year. And then I think our offensive line actually tried to do something. So we thought – well, I thought that that was going to be one key to victory. The problem was nothing else went right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right, Herb. That's the thing. It, okay, first off, they're going to be without Kayshawn Boutte as well, their best weapon yep. offensively. You mentioned the rash of injuries that the defense has faced. And what I see, unfortunately, it's, I guess it comes with a, the position is, um, and you played it, quarterback, right? A lot of folks are going to end up blaming Max Johnson for probably a good portion of these losses, but I don't think he's played terrible. He hasn't played outstanding Heisman level, but nobody expected that. But I thought he's—I think he's played pretty well, and now it's completely on him offensively. Aside from the running game that you mentioned with TDP, if that can continue and sustain, but now you're asking Max Johnson, who's not. All that experience, again, let's face it, it's it's like his freshman year. You're asking him to manufacture yards and points and help your defense. At some point, you've got to, I think, Herb, go to a little bit of a ball control game because of how many injuries you have on defense. you, you got to try, right? I mean, we haven't. So here's the thing with that. The problem with that, we've only been, been able to control the ball on the ground the one game last last week. And we lost, <laughs> you know, and that was supposed to be the key to the game. Now, look, Max Johnson has been shouldering the, the 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 this team since the Florida game last year, right? So, full circle, here we go again, Florida game this year. This year, he's actually been playing pretty well. He's number four in the SEC in passing um, with 1,700 yards total. Um, he's actually number two in passing touchdowns. Yeah behind um, um, Alabama's quarterback with – he's got 17 touchdowns and four interceptions. You can't really – and he's at 60% passing. You can't really ask for more than that from that guy. Especially the on this team is, with this offensive line, Herb. Well, as I'm saying, the problem is – the problem is he's throwing the ball way too much, like you're saying. We're not, we're not even attempting to run. So at some point you have to attempt to run, which we did last week. So – you know, man, it's it's one. Look, let me say it like this. So, when you come out and you say, "Okay, it's LSU versus Florida, whatever today, right?" Florida already knows LSU's going to come out. They're going to throw the ball in the first half at least. I don't know. Let's say twenty-five times. They're going to run the ball at about six, right? <laughs> so, it's the, it, the scales already tipped. They already know what you're going to do. Now, if you come out and you try to run the ball twenty times and then try to throw the ball, I don't know, ten. Or fifteen or whatever, it, it, you know, I, I don't know. You might gain, you might, you might gain what one point two yards per carry. That's what we've been averaging. I mean, it's not good at all. So, you, you I mean, is that really ball Herb, control, or is that you know three and out? You just summed up, I think, how every LSU fans with a feel with one with one groan. Eh, I mean, that's kind of how LSU fans <laughs> feel right now. Just 
Uh, you know, it's the truth. Three and three. We're just getting started here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. This is WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. I don't know if LSU is going to beat Florida. Florida is going to beat Alabama. But this weather is certainly unbeatable. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, our Oakland Heart Jewelers. Talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. And I know it's a cardinal sin to talk about weather on the radio, but, man, if you're in Tiger Stadium today, you're getting great weather. I don't know about the football product, but you're going to get great weather. We welcome it after uh, after this, I mean, just oppressive heat that we've been under here lately. Great day to watch football. LSU in Florida, 17th-rate Gators. How much, Herb, do you think the Gators – are are remembering last year's loss to LSU and looking for a little revenge. Oh, it's definitely going to be a motivation. I, I can tell you that because they knew they won that game last year, but, you know, a, a simple mistake by throwing the shoe causing uh-huh. a penalty to get us in field goal range. Um, is, 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 it, it, they were not expecting that. So, um, and I mean, what a dramatic end to a football game. I've never seen anything as dramatic as that with the fog rolling in and, and, and we we drilling the, the one of the longest field goals ever. It was awesome. I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, that's definitely going to be some some you know some some fuel to that fire uh, today. And look, I, I I think that Florida is going to come out you know hitting on all cylinders. I think they're going to come out here um, in that valley and just want to you know send the Tigers back home. Just like the, like back in the locker room and, and and across campus and wherever the guys are staying at and just you know just with their heads down like immediately I think Florida's going to try to put this game away immediately. But the only thing with Florida is that that's another team that you just don't know what you're going to get. You know you can get the greatest team, one of the greatest teams in, in college football today, or you can get a mediocre team. You know so it's really weird. But uh, you know it's going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think. Um, I think LSU is going to, you know, not hold any boys back, and they're just going to let it all fly. They should anyway. And then Florida, I think, is going to do the same by trying to just run LSU out of the stadium. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Herb. I think Florida comes out for blood right away. I mean, they're, they're coming out for the jugular. As soon as they can put LSU away, they're going to do so. I think they're going to have a lot of energy. Uh, they want to beat LSU not only just for the victory, but beating LSU in Tiger Stadium. You know, it's a feather in their cap, and they're 17th ranked in the country. And I agree with you, too, about they're an up-and-down team at times. They can be really, really good, play with the best in the country, and then really, really bad as well. Um, so, yeah, look, I think they're going to have uh, all the motivation in the world to come into Death Valley and beat LSU, and they recognize LSU's a wounded animal right now. You know, they're, they're wounded, and they've got some Literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> because of the injuries on the yes. defensive and offensive side of the football. So yes. I, I, I think Florida is going to come out here and certainly want to take the crowd out of it, whatever crowd is there. And that's the other thing, Herb. Can Florida turn this crowd against LSU? That's what they're going to look to do. Can they turn them against yep. LSU with, with a couple of negative plays? It doesn't take much. You know, Tiger fans are smart, and they recognize good football and they recognize bad football. And if they see bad football from those purple and gold Bayou Bengals, they're going to let them hear it. That's the truth, and they should. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they, they definitely are smart, and they're going to let you hear or know what's going on. I don't think 
they're going to let the players know so much. It's going to be more of the, the coaching yeah. staff that, that they're going to be letting here. And, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where, you I mean, you might get into a situation if, if, if Florida is actually up by a lot in the second quarter, you might see a mass exodus out of that thing, man. You never know. It's an early game. You know, Tiger fans don't want to be there at an early game in the first place, right? And they're just thinking, you know, um, <laughs> I'll go I've been drinking all these mimosas, right, and all these Bloody Marys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm ready to start getting to the real stuff. So, um, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's going to be fun to watch, though, because how do we protect our stadium? How do we protect our fans, you know what I'm saying, as a team? How do we protect our legacy as as a, as a brand, LSU football, you know, LSU Tigers? And that that's the part that I want to see. You know, I'm okay with you losing. I never, you know, I think I've always told you this, Christian. I'm okay with with the loss. It's how do you, how are you losing, and what are you doing about it to to turn it around? And I think that's been one of the most despairing things that we've seen this year is the fact that not only are they losing, but it looks like it's just it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse by the day because of injuries. This guy not playing. This guy's out for the season. This guy's out for the season. I read an article where, you know, Eli Ricks is, you know, I saw something. I mean, I don't know. But anyway, he may or may not be there this year or next year. Uh, you know, I don't know. So, I mean, it's just it's just getting, it's just like the dominoes are falling in the wrong direction for us. But what do we do now to, to you know, stop the bleeding, um, try to re-energize ourselves, try to put things back together, um, create a winning atmosphere again, um, and, and turn this thing around and, and just get some wins out of this thing, man. We got to at least get three wins out of the next five games or whatever it is that we're playing. I mean, it's, it's important that we have to at least get three wins out of that some kind of way just to salvage the season, to, to make a bowl game, you know, and, and, and to just say, okay, we won more games than we did last year. So, you know, and we made it to a bowl game, and let's see what happens, you know. Think about what you just said, though. I mean, and I, I get it. I agree with you, Herb. But that's now the standard for LSU football is to just, you know, no. get into it. No, I know, I know you don't think it is. I, mm-hmm. I, but, but, but think about the gravitas of what you just said. Just salvage the season. And here they are, a year and a half removed from being the best team in college football perhaps ever. So how did we get here so quickly? Where did the I, bottom fall I can tell you out? how I think we got there. I can tell you I think we lost a, a ton of talent over the past two years or a year and a half or whatever since that. So we, we, we had a lot of talent going up, leading up to the 2019 season, 2019 season to 2020 and 2021. You know, 2020 was a COVID rapid season with a lot of talent gone. We never replenished that talent. And I, and I know, I know what other people are going to say, but in my mind, you can be a four star. You can be whatever stars you want to be. But if you only have it on you know along the first string guys, and then you go to your your second team and your third team, the guys that's supposed to spell these guys, if they're not that, they're not that. Even some of your number ones are not that. You know what I'm saying? So, in my opinion, well, that's it has coach. to be. Then you go back to the coach, the development of it, which we talked about last week. So you have to be able to develop these guys to become number ones, right? Yeah, I mean. It- it's just frustrating to think about. We have uh, WWL.com columnist Jeff Palermo on the line with us right now. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning, well, Jeff. 
you know, considering LSU's three and three and facing Florida and there's not a lot of wins that you can kind of see in the back end of this schedule. It's not pretty for LSU, Jeff. It's just not. No, it, uh, <laughs> you're right. It's not. It's, I was thinking about it this week, um, you know, especially after the way they played against Kentucky, um, thinking, my goodness, I mean, how the, the next couple months here are just going to be, uh, it's just going to be rough. Uh, well, I guess the next six weeks or so, it's just going to be rough. Uh, if they keep playing like they did against uh, Kentucky. Um, hopefully a little bit more spirited performance today, but um, I just caught the tail end of your conversation there. I mean, with, with so many guys injured, uh, it's going to be tough. But, hey, uh, they faced similar circumstances last year against Florida. They had only 50 guys uh, travel to Gainesville. Everybody was counting them out, and somehow they pulled off a, a win. Uh, if they're able to do that two years in a row, um, that's that would be very impressive. Yeah, and Jeff, I get it. You know, there's there is reason for hope. Everybody can hope. I can hope that I win the lottery. Yeah. I mean, I really can. Um, but <laughs> my hope meter and my optimism meter is like our our fuel tank is empty completely because of a number of things. In particular, the injuries on defense that you've lost, and then now Kayshawn Boutte out for the year. Who's going to step up, Jeff? Who's it going to be? No, that's a big question. I think it's going to have to be kind of a, uh, I guess, to, to steal what any coach would say at this point, it's going to have to be kind of a team effort or a collective effort. It's going to have to be a, a group of guys. Um, but it's not going to be easy to replace a guy like him, in particular because, you know, Max and Kayshawn, they, they had a pretty good connection going together. Um and uh, now you're really expecting some some young guys to to uh, step up. Um, but I do think it does obviously give some freshmen an opportunity. You know, we've seen Deion Smith uh, flash a few times. Maybe he can uh, get more involved. Brian Thomas is another freshman that's going to get an opportunity out of this. The, the guy that Ed Orgeron talked about this week is someone that we really need to watch out for. Made a terrific touchdown catch last week against Kentucky, and that would be Malik Neighbors. Um, but, again, you're counting on some freshmen. Now, there's some veteran guys there as well. Uh, I think one guy that I think uh, could get a little bit more playing time out of all this is Dre Jenkins. Uh, we really haven't heard much from him. Uh, he's a veteran guy that I think should probably benefit from this. Then he got some other guys as well, but um, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think they're going to have to lean more on that running game and maybe get a little bit, maybe hope for a, a similar effort that you got last week against Kentucky where Ty Davis-Price, I'm not saying gives you 150 yards rushing like he did last week, but maybe he can at least get you somewhere around 100 yards that they can at least run the ball a little bit to help out Max Johnson. I think this puts it in perspective of what LSU is facing today and the rest of the season, quite frankly. You're in a, you're in a heavyweight division, and you're going into the ring against a heavyweight fighter week in and week out with one hand tied behind your back. You just are. I mean, you've got to play rope-a-dope. you got to do some things that are, are unconventional, I think, down the stretch here. I just think that's what it calls for, Jeff. No, it's it's not going to be easy. And I think that's why when you look at the schedule and you, you try to figure out, well, where, where are the other wins going to come from, it's just hard to imagine. And I don't know, you know, depending on – what happens here with Arkansas over the next couple of weeks, but 
I think, you know, they, there's a, a very good chance that every SEC game they play here on, here on out, they're going to be underdogs. They're not um, – and uh, you, you could be looking at a one-in-seven SEC season. I mean, that's, mm. it's it, it's pretty yep. – it, just because of the circumstances that they're facing with all these injuries. Um, and, and if they could somehow – you know, what, what they're going to need to do is kind of what you had last year, right? I mean, you had Max Johnson and Kayshawn Butte kind of come out of nowhere uh, a season ago, and you're going to need kind of that similar – you're going to need a couple guys that right now haven't done anything to really come out and, and play very good and, and just uh, shock a couple of teams like they did last season. If they don't get those kind of performances, then I don't think they have much of a chance to win. I agree with you, Jeff, and – Look, I, I did a piece online at WWL.com about the final six games taking stock in LSU. The only win I see is UL Monroe. That's it. I, I, I can't go down the schedule and say they're going to beat Ole Miss. They're not better than Ole Miss. I can't see them beating Arkansas. I can't. I certainly don't see them beating Alabama. <laughs> they're going to get embarrassed by Alabama. That's a Crimson Tide team that is angry right now because of the loss last week to A&M. And you know how Nick Saban rallies around a loss like that and rallies his teams, they typically buckle down and, and just start destroying teams. I don't see him beating A&M. I don't see him beating Arkansas, like I mentioned. Am I forgetting the team? I might be, but UL Monroe no. is the only one I see them winning. I, look, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you. Is, I think some people are going to sh- – I think they're going to shock somebody, and I think it's going to be Arkansas and Texas A&M. But go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, no, I was just going to agree with Christian. It, it's hard to, to pick out a win. I, I can't sit here. It, it's going to take something. And um, what I what I wonder is kind of where, you know, I think we're starting to see, uh, you know, Max Johnson start to feel some of the, some of the frustrations. Um, you know, this kid, is, I've said it before, I think he's, he's played some tremendous football for them. But uh, really, ever since that second half of the Auburn game, um, I, I've seen a level of frustration with him. You know, when, when the, the camera zooms in on the guy, when he's looking over to the sideline, and I think he's frustrated on a lot of accounts. Now he doesn't have Kayshawn Kute, who's been kind of his security blanket here. So you take that away from him. Um, you have, I, I think there's the frustration with a first-time play caller and changing plays too late and getting plays in too late. Uh, even though that improved uh, a bit against Kentucky, and uh, you know Max is is a is a is a competitor, and um, I I just think he's you know he's been running for his life back there, and you just got to hope that uh, this kid doesn't uh, get down too much on himself because I think he is a good quarterback, but he's in he's in store for a really rough stretch here coming up because they are I I agree with you, Christian. They're playing with one arm tie behind their back they've gotten so many injuries you know and again unless they just get some great performances out of guys that right now still have yet to still have yet to uh, show you much then uh, it's just going to be a long final half of this year Herb I I hear you it can happen they can uh, they can shock some folks I get that but even still if they shock two teams (laughs) Coach O's not sticking around uh, it's just it can't that that can't be the standard. So it, from a from a, a fan perspective, you you have to be going. Well, what's the point here? 
in the last six games. What's the point? Well, I wasn't saying I wasn't saying that to say that Coach O would stick around. I'm just saying that's what to salvage the season. No, I, 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 I got you. I got you. I, I, and I and Herb, you're right. It can happen. It certainly can. It's possible. It's the SEC. It's college football. But mm-hmm. for me, even if they do shock two teams, it's like big deal. Unless one of those teams is Alabama. Then you were talking about a different story. If somehow that team were to upset Alabama, then I think that you start to have a little bit of a different conversation. But, again, the standard at LSU is not just to beat Alabama. It's to be competitive in the SEC. And if they go, right. you know, if they go three SEC wins, that's terrible for that program. That's terrible. That, that goes back, honestly, to the Jerry DiNardo days. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there. Sorry. I'm a, little hot. I'm a little hot this morning. <laughs> I'm a little salty. Sorry. I'm just, I just, I, it's just not the standard of LSU, and it's frustrating. It's got to be frustrating to the fan base. I know it's frustrating to the fan base. And I agree with Jeff. I'm kind of having an open forum here, so chime in whenever y'all want. But I agree with Jeff. Max Johnson's not the problem on this football team. No. He's never been a problem on this football team. He's actually been the one true shining light. He and Keyshawn Boutet, uh, Keyshawn Boutet um, you know, as well as some of the guys on, on defense, Ali Gay, uh, a couple other guys. But, you know, at the present moment, look, it, it's them. Um, the, the clouds are over us. We, we seem like, you know, you know we're, we're, we're underwater right now, and that, and that is the case. But, you know, there's always – some will to win, a will to uh, a way to, to 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 make a difference, and to do something about what's going on. So, and that's what's going to be key today, in my opinion, about this particular game. Like I said, Jeff, I said earlier, they can lose this game, but how do you lose this game, right? Let's not just completely give up and die, take a dive and all this other stuff. You got to show competitive grit. You got to be able to be um, um, an LSU Tiger through and through, and at least put forward some energy and some effort. And, you know, like you say, Coach Peace needs to go ahead and call plays and make sure that he understands what's happening to put the guys in the right situation and get the plays out there so Max Johnson's not frustrated because he's getting the plays late. He needs to have a couple of options at the line of scrimmage only for himself, not for everybody looking back at the at the, at the sideline. Um, and then we need to be confident, period, at the end of the day. And that's what it, I think that's what it's going to take to at least be successful today. I don't know about winning today, but successful. Well, you don't want to go out here today and give up 330 yards rushing. Uh, I think there's nothing more demoralizing for a team when they just run the ball down your throat like they did against Kentucky. And I think that's where I think a lot of fans, after watching the game last Saturday against the Wildcats, was that um, they kind of threw their hands up in the air saying, man, that was just a poor performance. Because when you're just getting blocked and you're not getting off your blocks and you got running backs going six, seven yards down the field before they're actually touched by somebody. I mean, that just that's that's a sign, and that's where you get a lot of the fan base coming back and saying, "Well, they've quit on Ed Orgeron." I don't know if they've quit on Ed Orgeron. I mean, you've played major uh, college football. Uh, I, I don't, Herb. You've played yeah. major college football. I, I don't know if kids really necessarily quit. I mean. Maybe it occurs. I don't know if they quit in October. Maybe maybe in November once it be, once they're like two and ten and they're still playing games. But um, it, that that's what I think was just very was so disgusting about the game last week that they just were not in it. They failed to score a touchdown in the first half. 
I mean, when's the last time that's happened to LSU other than when they play Alabama? Um, so it's, it just looks bleak at this time. And um, it's, it's, uh, there's a reason why LSU goes into this game as a double-digit underdog. Look, Jeff, I don't think that college players ever quit on the coaches unless the coaches has done something directly to them, correct? Now, the, the, right. the thing about what I think that happened last week is literally we were outmatched. We were outcoached. We had we, – we, there was nothing that, that we could do to counter anything that Kentucky was doing. That's why we didn't score in the first quarter or first half. And, you know, we didn't do any, make any adjustments after half in order to – to even throw that counter punch, right? You know, it, you know, it just, you know, it's just that's what I think it is. I think that's the the point that you guys are making going down the line, uh, or the remainder of the season against Miss Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, um, and Texas A and M. That we just we're going to be outmatched at the end of the day, and then you know it's not too difficult for us to be outcoached as well. But we have played some really good coaches, you know. It's <laughs> listening to you two and and pointing out aptly so appropriately so, just out coaching, outplayed, man. That just that doesn't sound like LSU football. It just doesn't. Well, and, and I, Christian, I think it's I think the out coaching part is what's really concerning because Ed Orgeron really sold this coaching staff to the fan base. Hey, look, we, we got these young guys now. Uh, they're connecting with the players. Uh, hey, they know Joe Brady. They, they've talked to Joe Brady before. You know, the offensive coordinator's been in the same room with him, so he's learned so much from Joe Brady. And uh, this overselling of his coaches is caught up to him because people are like, this is not what we were sold. Uh, and and if, you, if you took a step back from it, and, and Coach O probably should have took a step back from it and said, wait a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this season uh, with my offensive and defensive coordinators who have never uh, been in charge of developing a game plan before in major college football have never called plays in major mm-hmm. college football. Does that make sense to do? And I understand with Durante Jones, he was kind of like the the fifth choice, right? They went after a bunch of other guys. They weren't able to get them. Um, but they took a risk, in my mind, going with Jake Peets. And, again, it goes back to trying to capture what they did in 2019, think that they can, that, that, that can just repeat itself somehow if they go out and get the next young whiz kid that, or the guy that they thought is a whiz kid. And, and Jake Peets might turn out to be a terrific offensive coach. I just think he's outmatched right now. I agree. I think Durante Jones was outmatched last week. There were, I agree. There were no adjustments to counter what uh, Kentucky was doing. Now, granted, LSU's really shorthanded on that uh, side of the field, but something's got to happen. Something's got to change, and they, they weren't able to change it all game. And um, I think that's the troubling thing that uh, the, the, you can sit here and talk about how young these guys and that they're, again, they're connecting with the players and uh, the players seem to buy, be buying in what they're coaching. It's not these old guys that we had here the year before where that's the players rough, are though. disconnected. That's and rough. that 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 thinking, that thinking has uh, it, it didn't work out. The the fact that you would you know Coach O loves talking about flipping the script. Well, his flipping of the script here was going from some older coaches 
to younger coaches, and it didn't work out. It's kind of funny, the, the one unit that's really played, well, I don't know if it's funny but for LSU fans, but it's kind of interesting, I guess. Uh, yeah. The one unit that's playing well is their head coach is Pete McMahon, and he's the oldest guy on that uh, on that staff. So that's – I don't know what that says, but uh, I think that's kind of interesting that he, he tried to do this youth movement with his coaches, and it just hasn't worked out. And now you, you throw in all these injuries, and you, you're – now you're really um, shorthanded here because you got inexperience in the coaching staff and you're going to have inexperienced players. And the SEC is not a place where you go out there with, um, you know, where you're trying to learn on, on the job. You got to be ready to go. You got to be veteran. You got to be able to counter what the other team is doing, both uh, as far as what they're doing scheme wise. And then as a player, you got to be able to make adjustments on your own. And these guys are going to have to – everyone on this team has got to kind of learn through it, and that's what's going to make this just a really rough stretch coming up. Jeff, we got to run. Thank you so much for the time, man. Thank you, Jeff. All right. www.com columnist Jeff Palermo. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. The ever-optimistic Herb Tyler, the constant, salty Christian back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We fell behind a little bit, common for LSU, with Jeff Palermo. We'll go ahead and step away and come back. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 